Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Inside the 11th hour, Monday night on the fan. Your nighttime host, Keith McPherson, checking in. This is the last hour I've got, and I got to get right to the phones because this time we'll smoke by, and then it's over. Salakata's coming up next. He'll have a five-hour show right after this one. There's a ton to talk about. I mean, now I just read a report from Ken Rosenthal, Carlos Correa, and the Twins accelerate talks as deal with Mets remains in limbo. I'll give you guys some time to go look that up. Uh, MLB trade rumors is on that as well. Talks between the ten- the Twins and Carlos Correa have begun to accelerate. I was just talking to Marco, and I'm like, this is Boris, right? Both sides want each other, but here we are going on uh, four weeks this week since uh, the Hawaii swooping of uh, Moneybag Co. and the Make It Happen Mets, you know, signing Carlos Correa. We we did not spend enough time on the fan talking about, but wait, what if they also find an issue with this physical? All we did was talk about this lineup for the Mets and Carlos Correa changing positions and uh, him and Francisco Lindor's relationship and what his bat would mean in the postseason. We We got that far. On the fan, we started talking about October 2023 with Carlos Correa as a Met. And I still do believe he becomes a Met, but obviously there's something. There's a few things holding this up right now, and uh, don't let it go down. The Mets better sign this guy. Or he's going back to Minnesota? I don't know. Depends on what you believe. I believe Scott Boris looks at Steve Cohen, right, a guy that has flexed his money has come in and signed all of these players and put out all this ridiculous money in two, three years. He looks at him as a money machine. And he's trying to, you know, attach himself with as many players and contracts as he can to that money machine. So he can stay rich. And now I think they're just so far apart from where they were. Right? The the Giants were offering 315. Uh, or no, the Giants were, I think, were offering like 350. The, the money they had ready for Judge, they were willing to give to Correa. Then they saw the medical report. They saw the x-ray. Nope, can't do it. Here come the Mets, right? And 
before the Mets swooped in, we had heard that Steve Cohen was saying stuff like, this was the piece. This would have put us over the top. This was the one player that we needed if we could have landed on whatever. So uh, I think it's interesting that here we are now and they can't come to terms. I think it's just a thing where Scott Boris and Carlos Correa feel like he's fine, right? Remember Boris, they interviewed him at Carlos Rodon's Yankees press conference. And he laughed it off like, oh, he's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with him. Well, clearly there's something wrong with him where teams don't want to sign him for a decade and don't want to give him $300 million. And they're probably still looking for $300 million, And the Mets now are saying, we can't do that. Sorry. Well, where are they at now? 200 Probably less. Probably like 150 ish And probably looking at like five years. I don't know. Uh, call me up, Mets fans. Tell me what you think. But now we got to go to Robbie and Lennox. He probably watched that whole Knicks game. Robbie, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, Keith? Happy New Year. It's been a while since I talked to you, so. Happy New Year. Thanks, man. I guess you can still say that, right? Yeah, so. I was about to say, I, I told, uh, shout out to Sean Argerman, who uh, does sales here for us. I, I said to Argerman, I'm like, too late to wish a Happy New Year. He's like, never too late. I'm like, no, nah, we're nine days <laughs> in. <laughs> You're right, right. I was going to say, what's the demarcation point when it comes to wish? I know. Well, I haven't talked to you since the Yankees, uh. You know, got uh, <laughs> since lost, or actually since since the you know since the Ranger uh, Rangers playoff, and then the Yankees. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's so, all yeah, good. so so uh, you know, so I do a show up here in New England. I actually have Beningo on tomorrow, so it's exciting to have Joe on the show. But awesome. sometimes I'd love to have you on, Sean. I would love to have you on, and uh, we're trying to get some some good, uh, hopefully some some decent uh, radio uh, shots, maybe in New York market one of these days. But it'll be nice. Anyway, listen, um, kind of going around the horn. You know, they should have a mercy rule in college football. As a fan of Alabama, I was watching this game. I turned it off. I said, this is ridiculous. I mean, it was the worst college football yeah, game I think I've ever watched. I, I basically turned it off in the third quarter. So, anyway, it was over to half. But as far as, as far as you know, I heard a lot of these Cowboy fans talking, and I heard a lot of, uh, you know, people down on the Cowboys, and rightly so after, you know, the debacle the other day against Washington. But the thing is, when I look at the Dallas Cowboys game against the Bucks, okay, to me the biggest key to that game to me is going after Brady. If Dallas can get after Brady and sack him and make him uncomfortable in the pocket, they can win. But if they're not going to be able to do it, look, they're not going to be able to run the ball that well. So that means you got swing passes, and I agree with you. Don't use Dak that much. Swing pass to, to Pollard. Swing pass to Ezekiel. Let them run up the field. Run some screens. Let the offensive line run, you know, do their job. I, I agree. You know, to me, if you had a coach like Brian Dable, you know, working with, with Dak Prescott, they would be much more successful. Look how Daniel Jones has come along about turning the ball over, making mistakes, not, you know, do, doing exactly the opposite of what he yeah. did early in his career. Coaching is so important, which leads me to the next point. I think Robert Sala is a, is a poor head coach. I think he's too soft. Um, you know, I, I heard Joe say this. I heard other other uh, people on the fan talk about uh, just everything. To me, it, it's a, a look, when you look at Robert Sala and you look at the, the nonsense with Zach Wilson. Not only the benching, okay, which was deservedly so with Zach's comments and so forth, but the idea of people wearing a Mike Mike White T-shirt. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? I mean, that sh- that shows like some kind of like mutiny going on in the locker room. That's ridiculous to allow you know a, 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 another player. Uh, to to be humiliated like that. I mean, the kid's 23 years old, so to me, right. they ruined this kid. Okay, LaFleur should be gone. Both LaFleur should be gone. <laughs> Matt <laughs> and Mike, the LaFleur brothers. But anyway, as far as the Giants are concerned, my Giants are concerned, look, you know what? They're playing with house money. Nobody expected this. Um, my biggest issue with the Giants is their special teams. Their return teams and also their, their special teams as far as defending punts and, punts and kicks. So 
So that, to me, is where the game could turn. But you know what, man? You play with house money, and you're going in there, and if, they, if a Dory Jackson could be anything at all, could help on any kind of plays against Jefferson, yeah, they, of course they got a chance. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you about, I wanted to ask you about um, the Charger game. I mean, my second favorite team since I'm a kid is the Chargers, going back to Eric Coriel days, okay, in the late 70s, early 80s. I don't trust Brandon Staley. Like, you don't trust McCarthy. I don't trust Staley in a playoff game. And, and, and the idea of playing Mike Williams yesterday and playing Bosa, what was the point? What was he doing? I Why have no idea. I hated seeing Mike Williams go down. And I know Keenan Allen wanted to play to try yep. and get another, you know, touchdown right. and pad his stats. He missed a lot yep. of time. But, like, they literally need Mike Williams. He's a beast. He's hard Absolutely. to to cover. Um, you You lose him. And it's tough, right? Against the Bengals or against right. the uh, Broncos. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That game meant absolutely nothing for me. And as far as your doubles are concerned, man, I'm glad I missed <laughs> the game. I recorded it. I got home. I said, "Oh my God, they blew the Rangers blew two nothing lead." I'm like, oh. "I'm like, oh my God, they blew a two nothing two goal lead in the third. You know what the Rangers need?" And I've been saying this. The, if you look at the Rangers drafts over the years, you can go wait. I mean, you can go back to the seventies for crying out loud. You go to go to the entire draft of the Rangers. They have never been successful drafting centers. They passed up on Ryan Getzloff, who's probably you know his borderline Hall of Fame, very good player, obviously a Stanley Cup winner with the Ducks. I think the Ducks are getting the first pick. Though the kid that aren't is really really talented. I've seen him play. This kid that's going to be the first pick. But anyway, getting back to the Rangers and Devils. The thing is that. The, the Rangers need a big center. The guy I want, I don't know what they have to give up for him. I know he's going to be a rental. It's Ryan O'Reilly from the St. Louis Blues. Now he's hurt right now. He's a big, strong guy. He's a Stanley Cup winner. He's a leader, captain of the Blues. I think you get him. You know, you know Patrick Kane's got, got some injuries and stuff like that. I love Patrick Kane. But, I mean, to me, that's what the Rangers have lacked for years. So, Bandage has a good center. But he's, he's, a, he's a good center but to me, but he's not, he's not a physical guy. The Rangers aren't physical enough. To me, you know why the Islanders beat the Devils? Because the Islanders will, will, will push the Devils around. That's the thing about the Devils. They're not a big team, and I expect I expect uh, you know, Mr. Fitzgerald there, uh, or it was a Fitzgerald, I'm trying to think of uh, Tommy Fitzgerald, to go out and uh, get acquire maybe some veteran guys to help these young players. But let's be honest, Keith, this Devils team, they're talented. These kids are really talented. Yeah, you know, they're, they're young, they, I mean, they fly around, and, and, young, and they fight. You know? You know, people, devil fans have to realize it's a young team, and they have to, obviously, they have some veterans, Thomas, you know, Tatar, and they have, you know, a few other veterans on the team, but they're, I, ex- I expect that maybe to get some more veteran players, or maybe the veteran defensemen. I know Joel Edmondson, the Rangers have been talking about, maybe the Devils go after him, too. So, so yeah, the Devils are a dangerous team, especially if they're getting a good goaltending. They're very dangerous. They're fast, man. I think they're much faster than the Rangers. So, but uh, you've got to slow them down. But anyway, man, yeah, thanks for the time. I think the Giants. You know, it's going to be a close game. Let's be honest. And uh, I think the Vikings, you know, they might have a little chip on their shoulder because everybody thinks they're so inconsistent, which they are. But they're so inconsistent that they're 12 through 4, right? I mean, it, but it's like every game is really close. So I expect a close game. But uh, one more thing. Are you happy with what the Yankees did in the offseason? And what do you think is going to go on? Do you think, you, you know, the kid's going to play? What do you think is going to happen? So uh, I'll, I'll I'm content for now. I, I feel yeah. like the you know off season isn't done, and they'll do more when we get closer to pitchers and and catchers in February, March. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm content right now, but we obviously know there's one big hole right. in, in left field. And one last thing for you, all right, the Knicks. Can Julius Randolph ever head fake and just drive to the basket, please? I mean, why in the world are you taking twelve shots from three point? This is what because he was hot the makes... other night. What night was it? Was it against the Spurs? It was one night he was lighting it up from three recently, so he thinks he can do it every game. game. No, but the thing is, 
Tiki, to me, it's like, I talk about this with Muscona all the time. We talk about this constantly. It's hard to watch when you have the opportunity, when you're in a close game, instead of chucking the ball from 24 feet, head fake, and go to the basket, get to the line. I mean, I just don't. I <laughs> he don't did that late, it's and then he missed one of the free throws anymore. tonight. <laughs> so I, I, guess, I guess it doesn't matter. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Thanks for the no. call, Robbie. Uh, let's keep the line moving because I said I got to get to these calls and we're not getting to them fast enough. Young Josh and Passaic, go for it, bro. Hey, Keith, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for calling. I know you were on earlier. You dropped off and came back. So appreciate you uh, sticking with me through this five-hour marathon. All right, so fact about the Giants is the last time, of course, when they played the Vikings and Jefferson got that big play at the end. The difference was they didn't have McKinley or Dory Jackson and they're supposed to play this Sunday. Yeah, and I think that makes a huge difference, right? Athleticism-wise, experience-wise, and not for nothing, they have the film of what the Packers did to shut down Jamar Jefferson, and um, I don't know. I think think they have a shot. I think they have a shot of, uh, you know, being able to – Justin Jefferson, why I call him Jamar? I think they they have a shot of being able to um, contain him, and if you can stop him – then that changes who they go to. If they got to go to KJ Osborne or, or Adam Thielen, so be it. You just don't want a monster or performance out of, out, of, out of JJ. You don't want to see him go off for 150, 200 yards and two touchdowns in the playoffs. I remember what the Ravens did to the Chiefs when they beat them, I think it was two years ago. They had a guy short on Jefferson and a guy deep on Jefferson. Take him out of the game because that's what makes Kirk Cousins rack up the yards, right? Like yeah. the Phil's game where everybody's going crazy about the Vikings. That was Jefferson. Nothing to do with Kirk Cousins, right? You had the long fourth down. The one that got them inside the five. Take out Jefferson. Big game plan. Yeah, he makes ridiculous catches. He'll take a 10-yard a catch to the house. It's about stopping him first. And I'm sure Wink Martindale will be all over that with his scheme and his plan. And then let's see if the Giants offense can do anything against this low-ranked Vikings pass defense in the air, and then Saquon's got to take over the game at some points. He's got to break a run, have a big run. He did. Uh, he had a touchdown run last time. He did it last time. I think he could do it again. I'm flipping on to the Nets. But Joe Harris, I think somebody's got talent. This isn't playoff basketball anymore <laughs> where he can't hit threes because he just can't hit any of them. He's still yeah. on playoff Joe. Uh, on Talking Nets today, I made a joke that maybe we see, you know, now with KD out, if they start if they start Joe, maybe we see Joe that is knocking down threes, that is putting up 20, 25 points a game. It's now or never. They're going to end up trading him. Uh, Joe Harris makes too much money to not be a factor. Joe Harris makes too much money to not be hitting his threes. That's why he's here. He's supposed to be that guy. He's supposed to help space the floor. He's a liability on defense most of the time. He's got to be able to knock down threes, especially with, uh, with, with KD out for a month. We thought this wasn't the old Nets, right? They get the new coach. He played defense, they're scoring points. They went 12 in a row. And it's ending up perfectly. Game, game and after on the Celtics, setting up for the Thursday game against them. And you're, gonna, and you're supposed to have Durant and Kyrie playing great basketball. Now we don't got Durant. But you never know. Maybe yeah. Cam Thomas will step up. Maybe Cam Thomas will get his opportunity to play a little bit more and, and we'll see him crack a smile. It sucks that the Celtics game is next up on the calendar Thursday and we will not have 7-11 uh, against their top guys, but hey, Kyrie, it's on Kyrie now, right? Kyrie has missed a ton of time for the Nets as well. They're going to lean on him. Guys like TJ Warren, uh, Royce O'Neal, uh, Ben Simmons, step up. You're you're supposed to be a star in this league. You were at one point, right? Ben Simmons, step up. I don't know how much we can expect from him either, but 
It's adversity. Adversity is going to hit. And for the Brooklyn Nets, they've had a ton of adversity. KD will be back, but KD's whole thing, he requested a trade because he's like, if I go down, what what do you guys have without me? And, you know, KD uh, knows his value. He knows what he brings to the table. And now the Nets have to show that under Jacques Vaughn, right, it's his time to shine. Steve Nash last year, they, they lost 11 games in a row under Steve Nash. Steve Nash could not figure out how to get a win without Kevin Durant. I think it'll be different this time around with Jacques Vaughn, Kyrie being available. Kyrie wasn't here. Kyrie was out last year when when KD got hurt. And James Harden didn't want to be the only star, right? And then he quit on the team, forced to trade out. Here we go with the Nets, right? Here we go again. Is it going to be deja vu? What happens this time? I I like to think that uh, they are better equipped this this time around. And they just did it last year, right? You just experienced it last year. They're not going to fall out of it again. They're going to win. They're going to battle. They're going to beat some teams and... Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. I hope KD comes back sooner because I don't want him to miss another All-Star game, and I don't want him to miss like too many important games down the stretch here. We're halfway through another season. And as you said, it's, I, it's hard to think that just a year from a year ago that the Nets still had James Harden, but I just wanted to hear how you think about Tim McCastro going to the Nets. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing I had in my notes. I didn't really think it was too much of a conversation starter, so I didn't bring it up. But, you know, more Crosstown crossover, right? The Mets scoop up Tim LaCastro, and uh, they sign him on a, to a minor league deal. So he's going to get an invite to spring training. He's fast. Uh, what was the guy? Ah, I'm blanking on his name. Paul, no. He was number 16, long hair for the Mets. Uh, when he went down and came back up, he was, you know, I, he was the type of guy that he was an outfielder. They weren't using him much. Here's, here's how you'll know him. They made T-shirts for him. Eduardo Escobar said... You know, he's like he said he was a guy that no one's Terrence wearing my Gore. jersey. What's the name? Terrence Gore. No, not Terrence Gore. He was late. There's this is a white guy, long hair, who was an outfielder, uh, like a pinch runner type for the Mets last year. That's what I see. Jankowski. Jankowski. Yeah. Um, oh. I, I see. I see Tim LaCastro potentially being that guy for the Mets. Now, who's that guy for the Yankees? I don't know because the Yankees actually used. Tim LaCastro a couple times in the last uh, few years. Um, he even made the postseason roster, I believe. So, I don't know. We shall see. And last thing, which which one or two teams do you think Bauer's going to? <laughs> the Trevor Bauer saga, I'm not sure. I think it's got to be a small market team. Uh, it's got to be a team that, like, nobody – like, he could go to the Pirates or – he could go to the the Royals, or he could go to I don't know. He can't go anywhere like New York or L.A. It's just going to be a lot of negative energy. Uh, I'm not sure where he's going to sign or where he's going to play. I don't know who even takes a chance on him, but somebody will. Somebody will. He's reinstated. You think the Mariners will? Or the Guardians? Let's see what the Guardians. Guardians and those are small the, market uh, teams. Cleveland, nobody. Seattle. Maybe they could take a chance on him. And not catch too much flack for it, but like he he can't play for the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers or yeah, I don't know the Astros. <laughs> That's where he should go. The Astros, after losing Justin Verlander, should pick up uh, Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer and continue being the villains, the most hated. And the Astros don't need to sign anybody; they can just bring somebody up. That's what they usually do when they lose a player there. Yeah, you don't need to sign a guy, but you can. You're always looking to get better. If you can add a guy like Trevor Bauer, and you don't care about the uh, negative headlines and the press that you're gonna get, if Trevor Bauer is ready to go and can pitch, he 
And he and he can be he could be like a fourth starter on the uh on the Astros. They would be the villains for real. Right. 100% Keith, have a good night. Thanks for the call, young Josh. Good topics, good discussion. I mean, Trevor Bauer, he's reinstated, but I think just anybody that picks him up understands that like he's a wild card. Um and I think he put something out recently on like Twitter to talk about like he had like love coming out of the clubhouse. And like I don't know, he's trying to get back on the baseball. I'm looking at his Twitter now, which he made the mistake. I remember having a show when he kind of took like a victory lap and it was too early for him to be taking a victory lap about his situation. And yeah, now he's got like three three keys to throwing a nasty curveball. Uh three keys <laughs> Three three simple steps to throw in a nasty cutter. And he, for some reason, has a ton of fans. I think from Watch Momentum, he, he like had this YouTube channel. I think, I don't know, I think somebody's going to take a chance on him. Uh, I don't know exactly who. I think it would be ridiculous for some Major League Baseball teams to bring him in because it's just going to be a, a storm of, oh, my God, how could you? This guy is this, and did you read what he did? And But I don't know. He's trying to salvage his career. This guy was on top of the world. I know Mets fans were familiar with him, thought he was going to be a Met. Uh, he ends up signing with the Dodgers, and then all this stuff comes out, so you dodge the bullet with that. But where he lands, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the guy. I wasn't a fan of the guy. I just knew something was up. When he came on the scene, like he's been on the scene, but when he came on the scene with with Rachel Luba as his agent and lawyer and, like, you know, I think she made, like, Forbes, and they were, uh, you know, trying to put her up on a pedestal. But this guy had some skeletons in his closet, and she just kind of had to fall back and disappear. <laughs> Her clients were Trevor Bauer and Yasiel Puig. And if you go research Yasiel Puig, he also got arrested for, like, you know, some uh, sketchy things with women. But not really trying to talk about that type of stuff with this last half hour that I have. Let's see. Let's take another call on Carlos Correa now that we're talking baseball. Lou is in Astoria. I mentioned the story earlier. Um, and now MLB rumors, someone just added me, they're saying that there's an agreement. Carlos Correa and the Mets are in agreement. Let me double-check this account. It's probably bogus. Yeah, this is a bogus account. Sorry, false alarm. You know how Twitter is. Um, but, yeah, what are you thinking, yeah, Lou? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, that was, that was uh, I said the Twitter's becoming a joke, you know. It's, it's hard to even. Think it's one of the big guys saying something, but it's not. It's hard to even decipher. I, I'm really starting to hate Twitter. If I could get off of it, I would. But I, I'd, I'd need it for information yeah, know, and news. And you know, I, I was I was uh, waiting for it, and I said, "Damn, look at this! Well, it happened." But then, listen to this is what I gotta say. Looking forward with this Korea situation, and I know you're gonna say, "Hey, Louis, it's not gonna happen." But I tell you what, with all these uh, owners. Giving up all these so many years and so much money, and they have a disadvantage because the players can have an opt out and they don't. I think this is what I would do if I was the owners, uh, Keith. I would actually have a meeting, okay, and get together and say, "Listen, let's make sure that from now on, if the player association don't want to give us an opt out, let's make sure that we don't give any player more than five years, okay? I don't care what the salary is." But that way, we have we have something to go forward in case that play is not producing at that time. And then that way, it, this will be like an opt-out to us because the Player Association 
it's not going to give him that, you know. I mean, the the union is only, and you know this kid, even I worked for 50 years, and it's not, I mean, the union with the, with the baseball is, is the greatest thing in the world, but the union is only as good as the, as the owner allow it to, okay? And the same thing happens when I was working. I worked for 50 years. The unions were very tough, but you know what? If ownership, the bosses say, hey, this is it. The union have to listen, and this is this is my point. What do you think? I mean, just like you said, though, um, they can put that. It, the union is great, and and the MLB players union is supposedly one of the best. Um, and we just had a lockout, so they never see eye to eyes exactly. with the owners. They can the union can be strong, but they always have to meet in the middle with the owners somewhere. And uh, yeah, there should be some type of protection for the owners in case. Uh, you know, especially in baseball, because we've seen a lot of these big deals uh, be exactly. dead money at the end. But I don't, I don't know how they end up uh, agreeing to that because the players. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Keith, you know what I'm saying? They have to get into an agreement, okay? Yeah, but the Where players feel like the owners make so much money that, like, the players yeah. have one chance in their career to really cash in, and that's why they fight for for the money that the players are making. Like, I they feel you, like the you know, owners right have now, all of because it because the players won 13 years. 15 years, come on. I mean, they be working with a cane, and they still making money. I mean, look look at the guy for that, when the match, what's his name, man? That's still making millions Bobby of dollars. Bobby Bonilla? not even playing. Uh, dang, I can't remember. They used to play for the Pirates, and then Bobby he was signed with the match. Yeah, can you, you see what I'm saying? And I think there's another player doing the same thing. I mean, I mean, yeah, but the they owners, structured his they, contract that way. You know, they agreed to that. I, I um, understand that, but I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know, I'm paying you so much money. You have to make. I mean, I forget about it, like the football, the the you know the salary cap. But again, you know, I think that this has sooner or later it's got to stop. This guy like Steve right now is going to go out of this world to pay millions and millions of dollars, and it's going to be. He's worth seventeen billion. Thanks for the call, Lou. But I'm never rocking with the owners. Like I don't come from much. I played sports, and I dreamed of being a millionaire football player or something like that. These guys, what about the service time? What about all the time that these guys spend in the minors not making any money? I can't, I can't co-sign that. These owners are worth $17 billion. These owners, we just had the lockout. They don't even want to open the books to show you what they made, didn't make. These owners were crying broke because of the pandemic. I'm never going to rock with the owners. They make so much money. You go to games. The ticket, the the parking. As soon as you pull up and park, you're down forty five bucks. The tickets are ridiculous. If you want to eat in there, if you want to drink, if you just want a Poland Spring bottle of water that you can get forty of them from BJ's for five dollars, you can't buy one of them for five dollars inside the ballpark. They're ten bucks. I'm I'm never rocking with the owners. They have a ton of money. These players really have one, maybe two chances in their professional career to make generational wealth. To make a good amount of money, you know, I understand them saying, "Hey, we're signing for twelve years, and we want this. Uh, we want three hundred million. And hey, if the the owners don't get an opt out, the owners don't sign the guy, and that's where we're at right now. If you feel like Carlos Correa is not what you you know thought he was, then don't sign him. If you feel like he's gonna break down down the road, and you want to put all these incent not incentives, these clauses." or all these things in the contract that protect you, then don't sign them. Somebody else will take the chance. It's all a risk. It's all a chance. On the note, on the subject of Carlos Correa, two things that I've 
recently seen. One from Ken Rosenthal. This is about a half hour ago, stating that talks with the Twins have picked up. Yeah, the Mets are not out of it, but the Twins... The second thing that just came out about 12 minutes ago was Carlos Baerga, who's become this like cult hero breaking news. He's like always right. He had the Verlander news before anyone else says that he heard the Mets and Correa agreed to terms, and that's going to come out tomorrow just waiting MLBPA approval because they obviously like updated the contract and stuff. So those are that's your Carlos Correa update, and obviously take it with a grain of salt, but Carlos Baerga has been pretty spot on with a lot of his things that he said before the main newsbreakers have had it. So I just think it's fair to bring that up. No, and, I, and I, I've been saying for this whole time that if both sides want each other, it's up to them to meet in the middle. I don't think he wants to go back to Minnesota. I mean, over New York? No. If if Minnesota says um, we'll match the Met deal, he's going to go to Minnesota. Yeah. If, if Minnesota says we're matching the Met deal with no strings attached, we trust you, we know your medicals, come back. Like, he's going to go there. Like it's, I'm still it's not doing that. Day. I'm still not doing that. I'm getting. Uh, have you been to Minnesota? I'm getting out of what Minnesota. Did you just say, what did you just say? Generational wealth. These yeah. guys. I, I and I, I don't want to like throw it right. No, back, but, and but that's what you're saying. If they're if they're willing to sign him for 300 million, which they weren't willing to sign yep. last year, they did the short term deal yep. that everybody said the Yankees should have done. That that deal was not available for the Yankees to make. Then yeah, he's gonna sign. He's gonna sign. He's where gonna sign where like because he already went through free agency last year. You think he wants to do this song and dance again? No, he doesn't no want to way. do it. He definitely doesn't want to do it. He's 28. He doesn't want to do it when he's, I don't know, let's say 34, and then he actually is not the player that he once right. was. He, do I do I believe Carlos Correa wants to be a Met? I actually do. I think he wants to be a Met. I think he wants to play with Lindor the whole nine yards. Hopefully, Carlos Baerga is right. Hopefully, it's going to get announced tomorrow that there's updated terms, this, that, the other thing. Uh, that being said... If they really, you know, dug into him from a financial perspective and the twins are like, hey, you know, we'll give you 200 million or 300 million for, you know, 12 years, the same exact contract, just come back. I mean, he's going to go there. I, I, I would like he'd be stupid not to take it with no strings attached. I'm sorry. I'm hoping that doesn't happen because I think Carlos Cray is a massive game changer. And I think the Met fans who are like severely underestimating how bad the lineup might be without Carlos Correa. So that would be I I want Carlos <laughs> Correa on the Mets. I'm and I've wanted him for the longest time. Um but you know, we'll see kind of what happens. But I, I would think with cuz now you're the Ken Rosenthal stuff, the Bayerga stuff, I would think this is this is going to get resolved sometime in the next 24 to 72 hours, I would think. I don't know. I can't call it. I think it gets done, though. I think the Mets have come this far. We're coming up on four weeks this week. Wednesday makes it four weeks. That's a long time to be playing this game. And uh, I think he signs. And So do I. I. I hope you're right. Why would you want to go back to Minnesota, bro? I don't care if it's generational wealth. Like, he, you're rich. Like, you're already well, it rich. it depends how much. How much he's going to get at least $150 million out of the Mets. It depends how much did the Mets, how much are the Mets and the Mets doctors really don't like his ankle. And that's what it comes down to. If they're like, you know what, you're not worth 315 with that ankle. Like, maybe you're worth 175 I mean, it's. I'm trying to look at it from all perspectives. I don't know. I just like, 
What? What? Why did he? I? I know why it took so long. Christmas, New Year, Christmas, holiday, and the amount of lawyers involved in this probably. Yeah, they probably kept the getting lo- more people involved on yeah. both sides. Because this is a huge as negotiations. It's not like on. this is like a small potato situation. This is three hundred fifteen million dollars. This is a uh, clearly this is generational freaking money that we're talking about here. So the lawyers are involved, and whenever lawyers are involved, things get dragged out beyond all belief. And I don't believe that the twins. I don't believe that the twins have three hundred million dollars for him. Okay, why, maybe. Like, why you didn't have it last year? You didn't have it when he when he opted out. Like maybe it's not three hundred. Maybe it's maybe it's two fifty with no strings attached. Maybe maybe he's maybe he really doesn't just want to have any strings attached when it comes to the injury stuff. Maybe that's the deal breaker. Yeah, but you don't get to do that. Like you don't get to say. I want my money, and you can't worry about my physical health because it's like, all right, that's like selling a car to we, someone. We, like, are, we talked about Boris as a used car salesman. This car is great. I'm telling you it's great. Yep, Sign. I agree and, with that. And, and, and lease this car for the next five the, years. Don't worry about the, you know, car facts. The one thing that Correa has going for him is that, and I say this as a joke, we are in this player empowerment era, and nobody is going to care about that. What he thinks. Right. People are going to care that we have a player that wants to set up the next 10 generations of his family. No one should fault him for trying to get the highest dollar amount possible. <laughs> Interesting saga here. I don't know. Last thing I'll say on it is if I still had to bet on it, I would bet that, like, why would he post that picture of his kid with the I Love New York shirt? Like, he, he wants to be a Met. I agree and, with that. And yes, there's generational wealth for his kid and his kids, kids, kids. But at the same time, him and his wife probably want to be in New York. I've been to Minnesota one time for the All-Star game. It's all right. It's it's not not top 10 cities in America. And I don't think he's trying to, you know, tie himself there for the rest of his career. Not for $300 and I don't believe that they have $300 So here's my conclusion. This is Scott Boris again. Again, this is Scott Boris like, you know, floating out a story or, or you know, saying that, um, you know, this team is like, why is it only Minnesota? Because that's where he was. Oh, yeah, you played for us last year. We believe you're fine. There had to be some other team. Or maybe not. I don't know. If you're on hold, stay on hold. If you'd like to call and join the rest of my show, I've got like 20 minutes left, but I got to take a break. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'll be right Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, we should play this jam more often, coming in and out of break. I like this one right here. Classic. I got five on it. All right, I barely have five minutes on this. Let's see. Uh, Probably like nine minutes here. Keith McPherson on the fan of five-hour KM to AM. We've reached the final minutes before the AM. Thanks for rocking with me. Thanks for joining. Let's get to these calls. Richard in Manhattan, you're on the fan. What's up, Rich? Hey, Keith, the TCU game reminds me 10 years ago to the day. 10 years ago. You remember game? 10 years ago to the to this day. A college football game? Yeah, yeah, the same game. Championship. Oh, Blow Alabama. Up. Yeah. Uh, who'd they beat? Monte Tau. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Notre Dame. Yes. Yeah. Same kind of game. <laughs> And that was a big team, Notre Dame, too, wasn't it? You know, they deserved to be in there. But same was that kind the of... national championship? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Ten years ago. I just watched the Manti Teo doc recently, and oh, like, yeah. he told his side. Yeah. Time flies, man. I, I, Fast. I was Fast. a wee little lad. I felt like I was, like, coming out of college. Well, yeah, um, I was, like, freshly out of college when that happened. Keith, yesterday in the NFL, something happened. I don't know when the last time it happened. I'm sure you don't know. Remember the last time it happened, and it probably won't happen again for another long time. For a long time, there was not one 300 yard passer yesterday in the NFL. Not one quarterback. Yeah. Now yeah, a lot of that is because a lot they of sat guys down. Play. Yeah, they they didn't play the whole game. Yeah, yeah. So that's why perfect storm, and the NFL really got burned without Aaron Rodgers next weekend. That's bad. I mean, I don't like <laughs> it, but I wanted to see him. Yeah, it would have been a way better matchup to sure. run it back Packers sure. versus. And you're Niners. always going to watch him too because you want to see him lose. Or yeah, if you're a Green Bay fan, obviously you want to. Last see year's him. MVP. Yeah. yeah, sure. You want to see something happen with the guy. You want to see him on the field. Uh, as far as the Giants. Keith, no one has mentioned this. The Giants were in a division that finished cumulatively 
with the ties, you know, you count the fact they're in uh, half win, half loss, Washington and the Giants. There are four teams, 44 and 24. Yeah, best division in football. Almost put four teams in the playoffs. Yeah, three out of the four are in. And not only that, I mean, only four teams, I understand. But that's got to be a rec- uh, certainly a record in football. But in any sport, with a division, I mean, a small division like that, four, it's only four teams, 645 to every team combined. The, the fourth-place team in the NFC 500. East had a better record than the winner of the NFC South, who will be in the playoffs. Yeah, imagine that. So they can be crying that it was unfair more than the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. What happened to their lot, you know, is not being uh, getting the seating that they wanted mm-hmm. to get. But you'll never see this again either with these four teams playing like You know this. what? You know what, Rich? It is. It's this, uh, man, this is our second year of 18 weeks. Uh, our second year of seeing how this plays out. I, I think it's wild, too, that you have teams like the Lions who start off 1-6. and six, Season's not over. Jaguars team that start off 3-7. Season's not over. Like it's such a, just adding one more week stretches the season where you're not out of it. Like we used to think, if you go zero and two, or even if you start, you know, like one and two, one and three, you're not out of it. It's another shame that that team, Detroit and Washington. Well, Washington came on late, but still, Detroit. There's no way that they should not be in the playoffs too. But everything was fair and square. They have no kick. One game during the season would have made them uh, let them get in. But as well as they played, they beat the Giants, they beat the Jets, and they beat the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Boy, and, and they still they, they flirted. Like they flirted with the idea of eight playoff teams when oh, they were no, trying to figure out. More. Too much. Okay, give it a couple years. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, sure. I don't doubt it. But it's this is perfect now because we get a Monday night game, which is nice. But enough, enough. I mean, you don't want to kill the guys either. It's too much. But too. they do. It's not even kill the guys. Like they, they do not. They're looking at the product, and it's funny because we had all the Demar Hamlin conversation, and we started thinking about Thursday night football. Do we need Thursday night football? Like the NFL this past week, we saw them really like care about. You know, player safety, and, you know, when you see a guy uh, collapse like DeMar Hamlin did, how could you not? But when you actually look at the product, like, they play games on Thursdays. That's not for health. They they added an extra week. When these guys are banged up. They added an extra week. That's not for health. They play preseason games. Like, yeah. Keith, one last thing since you brought it up. DeMar Hamlin, that had nothing to do with football, really. He could have been playing catch, and a guy could have thrown the ball and hit him in the chest while he wasn't looking. Yeah, it was so, a you know, freak th- thing. Yeah, correct. So that's a good thing, and the NFL handled it very well, very delicately, very respectfully. They didn't play the game. They didn't try to make it up. They didn't squeeze it in. They really stepped. I mean, you know, they delayed. They took their time. We didn't know what they would do, but I can't fault them. They really handled handled it well. And, you know, all the facts are out now. So the fans are not stupid. We know that this had nothing to do with the uh, uh, violent nature of football. That'll be another time for another day. Hopefully for a long time something doesn't happen. But, you know, this doesn't have to be for that reason. And mm-hmm. It's a good thing. The NFL, I think it was an all the love that's come out for him from this. The donations to his chair. I mean, it's it's really. I hate to say it. It's been wonderful. It's really been beautiful thing to see outside of the fact that. Yeah, it was yeah. I, I opened up and I said it's a terrible 
story. Uh, you know, it's, it's terrible. We didn't lose the young man. He didn't lose no. his life. And I said the NFL never loses. They're able to market this. And if you didn't pay attention to the NFL all season, if you, you didn't know who DeMar Hamlin is, you're paying attention to the NFL now. You were you were rooting for DeMar Hamlin. You know who he is now. It's like the NFL flips anything. And, but, they uh, handled, but to their credit, they handled it. They handled it well. Better. And, you know, through God's grace, this young man recovered. But Correct. the timeline, the I'm, timeline which he recovered for us to be able to play these games this past weekend and for him to fly back, like, it's it's been a week. He flew yes. back to Buffalo today. Like, sure. I, and I'm sure they got something planned for the Super Bowl with tomorrow. Absolutely. Sure. You're going to oh, see Oh, yeah, you know they're cooking up something good, which is great. So that'll be another reason to watch the Super Bowl. Always a pleasure, Keith. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you for the call, Richard. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, the NFL, never fail league. They're bulletproof. And, you know, even uh, DeMar Hamlin proof. We, we were, you know, not DeMar Hamlin proof. It's hard to, to talk about, you know, this thing without, you know, uh, wording it incorrectly, but like when you see something like that happen on Monday Night Football, you're thinking the worst. All of us were. I had a, a tough time sleeping last week, and I'm thinking, what happens with this kid, and what happens with the games, and how do they move forward? And in a short amount of time, he starts to recover. They're on it, like you know, every news outlet covering the story, and then it turns into, hey, he's good. He's facetiming, and he's talking to the players, and next thing you know, you know, they're able to play the games and. It was like they uh, just the timing of it was miraculous. I, I say it's God's grace because God had a plan. Like God watched us watch a player look like he lost his life. Honestly, he t- made the tackle and he got up and he looked like he was dead. And when you don't see anything else, you know, but a human shield and all that other stuff, like I, you know, we'll always remember this story. And it's not the end of the story. Um, there will be more from Demar Hamlin in the NFL, and and they're they're a marketing machine. They're a ridiculous empire, you know. They were able to take the tragedy of this, uh, flip it in a couple days. The kid recovered. They play these games. Look at like, look at how the Buffalo Bills responded. They, you know, three years and three months since they returned a kick for a touchdown. Naheem Hines does it on the opening kickoff. I'm sitting, I, I'm, I'm watching Red Zone. Like, is this real life? It is, and it's riveting. The NFL is never gonna lose. They're, they're just, their storylines are ridiculous. Last call of the night goes to Mike on Staten Island. Mike, you got it. You're on the fan. What's up, Keith? Uh, I just want to tell you I'm I'm really nervous uh, about this Monday night game with how flat the Cowboys look. And I think it all starts with how atrocious the the running game has been. It seems like Kellen Moore is calling Madden plays with, with this running game. Mm-hmm. Every first and second down, it's inside zone, inside zone, and these running backs are getting hit at the line of scrimmage. There's nothing that – you could say Zeke is washed, but there's not much you can do when you're getting I mean, hit at the line I mean, even Tony Pollard, right? Tony Pollard missed some time, comes back. Nothing you can do when uh, also the offensive line had been shuffled around a bit. There, there's guys playing in positions that they haven't played all year. Uh, you hope Tyler Biotis – is good for the playoffs to come back at center. Then you can move Connor McGovern back over. Um, but, yeah, you know, the little bit that I watched of that game, I just was out of it. I just didn't even care. At, 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 you know, I'm like, whatever. It does, this game was meaningless, and they, they got embarrassed. But It was disgusting to watch. It it sucks to go out like that, and then you have to – That's what, that was the last thing you put on film before you go into the playoffs against Tom, Tom Brady and the worst team in the playoffs record-wise. And – you know, you're nervous as a Cowboys fan. I'm nervous as a Cowboys fan because it's embarrassing. And they could waste another 12-win season with a first-round exit. And then what? Where do they go from there? I don't know. 
Uh, I'm hoping they can survive it, but I don't have faith in them advancing. I just do not want to see them fall flat on their faces. But, you know, we talked through some things tonight. Tom Brady is 7-0 and against the Dallas Cowboys in his career. The Cowboys have lost, like, uh, I know at least their last three games on the road um, on grass fields. They, they, they just lost in Washington. They lost in Jacksonville. They lost in Lambeau. So they're not going to be in the friendly confines of Jerry World. Let's see what happens. Thanks for the call, Mike. Yeah, do not add Cowboys money line to your parlay. <laughs> I mean, they should obviously win the game, but we'll see. Thanks for rocking with me. It's been a good five hours. We're going to do this a couple more times this week, and there's no way that the shows will be the same. Salicata's coming up next, and I've got this weird feeling that Salicata might actually break the actual signing of Carlos Correa to the Mets. In the next five hours, who knows? Steve Cohen could swoop in and say, hey, I don't like all this Minnesota talk. That's my guy. That's the last piece I needed in my lineup to put us over the top. LGM. <laughs> all right, y'all, I'm out of here. Stay tuned. Salicata is next. I'll catch you tomorrow. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.